Hello, welcome to this edition of Age podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Jamie. And this week we are going back to our species episodes for what is going to be quite a long one. It's well, in terms of notes at least, this is definitely our biggest. It is our biggest. Uh, one, biggest challenge, yeah. Yeah. So following on from what we did last year, um, which was the Kardashians, we thought, what's well, nothing best to do with the way that we're ordering them? We're doing Bajoran. So which which I came up with was boldly best Bajorans. Yes. And because there's so many notes, I think we mentioned this in a previous episode, there's about 50 odd pages worth of notes yeah. to stumble through, through a mixture of notes that we wanted. Mm. So we're doing it in three parts that we know yeah. of. And we had to be so organised that we've got them in different... We're doing different aspects of Bajoran life. So this one we're doing general stuff... And right up to the occupation. Yeah. Next time around, we'll then be doing government stuff. Yeah, and then the final part will be about religion, so about the pirates and the prophets, that kind of um, thing. So, yeah, that'll be in the next few years, next three years, yeah. I think. So. I mean, obviously, we are aware that all of these do kind of interrelate. Um, so we'll probably will touch on something to do with the other two, but we won't go too heavy into it um but, yeah o- o- occupation my god that screwed up brajor yeah was what we what i realized pretty on told jamie and jamie looked through the notes and went yeah you're right sir that yeah. really did screw up the drawings no end i mean we'll go into this more later but just to quickly say that you know you know we and some we've watched through the show multiple times and you do you do know the effects it does have an effect on them but it's not until, at least for us, until we read through the notes that it had a much deeper impact um, than we realised. And and oddly, in a in, it's weird as it is to say, I think in a couple of ways, I think, I don't want to say positive, but I can't think of the right word. In most, I feel like it toughened them up a bit. Yeah, yeah. So, I, as I said in my notes, you know, it took away, it got, removed the Bajorans' innocence. Yeah, I felt like they were a bit innocent before the Kardashians so, came into range. Mostly, it was ne- mostly it affected them in a lot of negative bad ways. But there are, as, as Simon just pointed out, and we will go into more depth. It did said it did toughen them up, um, but. Yeah, it's very. Well, I feel, the problem is, it I felt like it took them down the darker um, path. T- yeah, yeah, which they yeah. wouldn't have taken if they hadn't had an occupation. Yeah, so it's something that I wouldn't have even considered before. No. So really, even if it's toughening them up, it's not maybe not in the best way. So I, I don't really think there is. I mean, because I think I think. Uh, Ducat kind of says that. Oh well, you know, it, uh, it, it did. It did. You know, you it did. Said it did make you into fighters, and it did. But it's like I thought myself, yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's a weird side. It's kind of a weird side effect, I think. You know, of the whole thing. But it was what needs must, isn't it? Yeah, that sort of thing. But we're going ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So obviously, best place to start, obviously, would be. Well, uh, just a, a, a general description of the Bajorans. Did you? Did you go for it, Jane? Yeah. Um, the Bajorans, also known as the Bajora, briefly. Yep. Were humanoid <laughs> species native to the planet Bajor and the Alpha Quadrant. The Bajorans have one of the oldest and richest cultures in the quadrant, 
though in the 24th century they suffered greatly at the hands of the Cardassian Union. With their liberation from the Cardassians and the discovery of the Bajoran wormhole in 2369, the Bajorans were thrust onto the interstellar stage. So, yeah, I think kind of as a description, I, I think it gets gets the point. I think it's decent. Um, thank you. <laughs> yeah. We just forgot that we need pencils to work out what we said and what we haven't yeah, said. Yeah, I was going to say, we're ticking, yeah. So, thank you, Si. Um, yeah, I mean... I mean, just of a note of interest, I mean, as you said, the Bajora, I mean, that wasn't a commonly used... Well, that only got said in Next Gen and about one episode of DS9, if I remember. Mm. Again, there's loads of notes, but it's in here somewhere. It's in here somewhere. It's in here somewhere. <laughs> I think it's the first thing, actually. It's about the symbol. It's no... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have pulled at this thread now, did I? Because now we're <laughs> well, bearing in mind, guys, we are looking through 50 pages of notes. So, again, do expect some flicking through because we have organised these, but there's so many notes that. Um, Bajoran symbol, yeah? No, I just said that appears, but it's. Oh, not. okay. Yeah. It, it's in something, but it wasn't a very commonly used term. I'm, I'm not quite sure why. Um. But, again, it was only used... You found it? Yeah, I knew where it was. The term Bajora can be heard in Ensign Row, Emissary and The Man Alone, but was not reused after DSI's first season. It may be alternative or outdated terminology. So, yeah, maybe, maybe it was saying that, that... I always deal with that by going, well, that was early days. Was, again, you're talking about Ensign Row, so that is very early days of... Because there's an awful lot of talk of the origins, and you can imagine that was how they were formed in the draft notes, hmm. and it slipped through. Yeah, I reckon, and then later on they became the Bajorans. But in my mind, the Bajorans, I think you go down the same route as you do with. I think what we we're saying about it's come up in multiple species actually. We go. It could be related to a certain subgroup, subspecies or yeah. something. Because we had that with what the trills. We had that with you have that with the Andorians, mm. and I think we even had it. You even kind of have it with the Klingons as well. Yeah. So that's why I've always dealt with it. It's just a minor group within them. Which which would make sense. I mean, particularly if you think of the Andorians, because they they their subspecies were the was it the Enar, which does. Sound the, the it does sound very similar. So, yeah, I, it could it could be something like that. I suppose it's certainly possible. That's how I've always don't really used it. Mm. I kind of retconned it to make sense. Otherwise, you you just got this old footnote where you go, huh? Yeah, was that huh? What's that? <laughs> um, should we talk a bit about their uh, physiology? Yeah, yeah. It's not the most interesting I'll, I'll give you. No. Most of it's kind of all duh. <laughs> we won't go into depth with all of this. Like, you know, it resembled humans in appearance. They just had the four to seven horizontal creases across their noses. I do love the story of the makeup. The makeup story is interesting. Hmm. Um, but your own blood was red. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> well, this is the thing with Star Trek, you know. Majoran's if, skin would range from light to dark, rare variation, similar well, to humans. Well, it's like, of course it's similar to humans. They're using the humans as a template for a series that, like, you know, well, there's only going to be subtle differences, so of course they're going to resemble humans. Because in Star Trek, it's fictional. Well, we're the only species of that we know of, so, yeah... It's just—it's like stating the obvious a bit. It's like, well, yeah, of course. Well, one thing I did—I did find interesting within that bit was um, the original Bajoran makeup scheme, including the extension of the nose creases, forming a small ridge above the inner part of the eyebrows, referred to the make the by the makeup team as wings. Nana visitor had these in uh, emissary, but afterwards they were not seen again, bar barring some exceptions uh, in the uh, DS9's first season. Uh, characters who initially appeared in the previous makeup design included Ro Laren, Seto uh, Jaxa, and Opaka, but they later bore the new visual and physiology in their reappearances. The makeup department removed the wings because they were interfering with the actor's natural frown lines. So, yeah, I, I found that was quite interesting. If I'm going to be honest with you, it's not something I ever noticed watching through, but. I, I, I think it was probably a very subtle I've thing. I've noticed that, but I'm more interested about the mm. full notes at the end of the... Yeah. Um, Michael Westmore's inspiration for the Bordura makeup came from Rick Berman, who, after hiring Michelle Forbes, um, told Westmore, we've hired a pretty girl and I want to keep her that way. Think of something that we can take and make her look Lithuanian and still get the idea she's from another planet, but she's still gorgeous. Westmore Reed put on put part of the reason the Bajoran makeup so spare has baning Rene ish career is because he said, Well, this is a pretty girl, I don't want to cover up a pretty pretty face with some elaborate prosthetic on her forehead. Considering how we could give the Bajoran subtle appearance alien appearance, Michael Westmore thought about adding prosthetic makeup prior to either the forehead, then the nose or the cheeks. Uh, pretty much going out. It's the most logical place to put it. Um, I think you know. I think what's interesting about it is I think out of all the species, I think theirs took like the less least amount of time to put makeup on. I mean, like if you compare it to say like uh, the Cardassians, which I think like every time it would take like hours and hours. I think I think with this, I think I, I think it was up to like maybe an hour, a couple of hours, at most every I time. Some of it was half an hour. Yeah, or half an hour. Yeah, it was not a lot. Yeah, it really wasn't a lot. So, and I, I remember reading here that Nana Visitor was very, very grateful for that. But one thing I, I also, again, I'm sure we both found is the um, when she first auditioned for the um, for the part. Um, trying to see if I can find that. Oh yeah, here we are. Yeah. So um, when Nana Visitor was auditioning for the role of of Kira. The idea of the Bajoran makeup was introduced to her. Um, Rick Berman told me, at least a prosthetic is one of the list we have. So, she, Which I said she was relieved about. She goes, what prosthetic? She continued to go, he said, it's nothing. It's just a small elephant nose that you wear. He had me going for five seconds. She, was, she said, uh, visitor was alarmed during this short time by the thought that she would have to wear an elephant's trunk. <laughs> Which I just, which just made me chuck. And I, I, could, I could just imagine the look on her face. And I completely understand the, the, the horror of that. Just that, that moment is like, I'm going to have to wear elephant's trunk, some nose or something. Um, and then it goes on to say, because I think um, 
she also had to um, go to the ER because she had a minor injury to her back, didn't she? Did you want to read that bit? No, you don't yeah. say it. Um, I thought it was interesting as well. Um, once none of us... But I think that's part and parcel of living in Hollywood. And Oh, yeah. Um, once none of us started playing Kira, um, but had an accident that caused a minor injury to her back, she was tended to by an ER doctor whose prognosis was influenced by the fact that the visitor was in full bourgeois makeup and costume at the time. Despite the actress believing her wound wasn't serious, the doctor said, well, in that case, I think we'd better get you to, e to X-ray right away to check out that broken nose. He was a good emergency room doctor, but he didn't know any bedroom anatomy as well as Bashir. Um, in fact, the doctor was under the impression that an apparent injury would make medical history. The visitor had to finally tell her her nose was a prosthetic one, which dismayed the doctor. <laughs> you can read down the next few paragraphs. It's about um, time and how many artists and things. Uh, yes. Is that a bit further down here, is it? Next set of paragraphs. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. Because of each of the actors' casters' withdrawals had to have their individual nose piece applied each day, a DS9 makeup department had to have enough, obviously, makeup artists to put them all on. Um, according to Francis uh, Praxty, the Bajoran nose prosthetic took about an hour to be applied, however, and was extremely comfortable to wear thereafter. Nana visitors' usual bedroom makeup required about around an hour and a half or two hours to apply. Um, you said something about half an hour though, didn't you? Where yeah, about half an hour. Just ahead of it. Oh yeah, sorry, I must have missed that bit. Yeah, so putting on bedroom nose took about about half an hour in the words of Michael Westmore. So anything from about half an hour to an hour, I think it would depend on the makeup artist, I would imagine. And several Bordura No special effects applications were sold off at its wrap sale on eBay and were sold for $52. Well, I'm not really surprised. I mean, as you said, they were apparently they were very comfortable to wear. I would imagine most of the makeup they had to do wasn't um, particularly comfortable. So, I mean, just, just think back to, um, I think, our first contact uh, film commentary. I think one of us mentioned about Alex Creek having to wear the ball suit, and apparently it's like really, really hot and uncomfortable. So, uh, yep, so there we go. And so, yeah, so yeah, I mean, just again, I think for both of us kind of going through the notes, just a couple of really interesting and kind of slightly humorous antidotes there, wasn't there? Um, so should we talk a bit is there anything else in particular you wanted to talk about with regards to I mean there's so much we can talk about generally here isn't there um, should we talk a bit about the or just about this bit here about the Bajoran women in pregnancy yeah yeah um, right so um, Bajoran women uh, gestated for only five months form an intricate network of blood vessels between the mother and the fetus during the pregnancy, Bajoran women were frequently afflicted by bouts of uncontrollable sneezing. Roughly, um, I can never pronounce this word. Analogous? Anal 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 uh, on keeping the women relaxed. I'd like that they went for sneezing rather than with the alternatives they've thought of because that, no. No. Um, why? Do you want to read that bit? Um, if I knew where it was, Jeremy. Uh, might be on the next page for you. Uh, 
physiology. Uh, it should be in this bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that bit. Sorry, yeah, that bit. So from that bit, the right. Yeah. Uh, so they wanted to go out something, something different, right? Stuff. Uh, Robert Wolf suggested that a pejoran expecting mother might emit strong, stinky body odor. Um, but I'm going to paraphrase so much here. But he got overruled. Um, uh, what was it? Yeah, well, there you go. Um, because they didn't offend f- feminist viewers. Yeah, yeah, they... and they just didn't think that it would. No. Translate well on telly. They did. The right staff did like the idea, but they didn't think it would translate well to the screen, so they changed it. I'm but glad they weren't sneezing. Yeah, the 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 intention always. The I mean, the intention always was to differentiate between Bajoran pregnancy, women, female pregnancies, and human um, pregnancies. So, yeah, I think that's a good equivalent, um, and it's and it's silly without being too much so. Because um, obviously you can remember the episode obviously, where Kiri does give and she's constantly sneezing, sneezing all the time. Um, so yeah, again, that's that's another part that I just again I just found interesting. Again, Sankar didn't actually know that, so I'm glad they went with sneezing because I think the other one just no <laughs> wouldn't have worked. Uh, let's see. I mean, there's so much we can. We can talk about here. Bajoran custom placed the surname or family name before the given name, therefore, Major Kira Reese would have been addressed as Major Kira. Bajorans consider it an honour for off-worlders to address them with the proper use of their names. But um, many uh, accepted the distortion of their names in order to assimilate into other uh, cultures. And it's also done on. Earth as well in cultures including Hungarian, Korean, Chinese, and Japan, Japanese stuff like words. Yes. The next bit's about childbirth. We've kind of covered that, haven't we? Um, I mean, the only thing to say about that as well would be um, the objective of the ritual was to induce complete relaxation for a combination of breathing exercises. Rhythmic custom music and incense allowing the woman to give birth without pain. However, the birth needs to take place in a certain period of time where a level of endorphins within the mother's system were built to toxic levels. When the child was born, he or she was greeted with the following words, Awake child, we await you with love and welcome you into the world. Which is actually very nice. You know, and you've got to think, you've got to think. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, so... The them obviously, the breathing exercises, the the music, the, the relaxed music, and the intense. I suppose, in a way, that is, that's kind of equivalent to uh, pregnant women. Like if if obviously you know, obviously when they when they're giving birth, you know, if they do accept, you know, um, I'm trying to think, what, 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 I say drugs, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of the equivalent of that. Um, it says it. it says endorphins, show me. Endorphins, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So it's the equivalent of that, basically. Um, let's see. Anything else you found interesting? You want to talk about the, the is it the funerary customs? Is that well, what you, you can say? It. Yeah. Oh, I've just got to find the page first. <laughs> I'm sure, if that's slightly later. 
Uh, just after what you were just saying, Jerry. Oh, okay, so I must be near the right place then. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah, I think so. Um, yep, yeah, so the Bajorans generally buried their deceased in graves marked with a decorated arch. Bajoran funeral rites could be quite elaborate. For example, the Bajoran death chant was over two hours long. Um, I think that comes up in uh, TNG, doesn't it? Um, however, the pres- preserva- Next phase, Jamie. Next phase. That's it. Thank you. However, the preservation of the body itself was not of particular significance to the Bajorans, who believed that after death, a person's pach would join the prophets in the celestial temple, leaving only an empty shell. To mourn the death of a loved one, Bajorans lit... Uh, Oh, I'm trying to Did Duranja lamps? I think that's pronounced wrong. D U R A N J A. Jamie, it's fictional. You can get away with it. Doesn't matter. Okay. In a scripture Voyager's death wish, it was stated that in common with the Klingons and Vulcans, Bajorans embrace suicide as an honourable way to end one's life. Hmm. There's not really much on music. Pedro, as an advanced society, was well known for its music both before and after occupation. Oh, I should have read the Chalandra Forum was a popular performance venue. The, the Be- that sounds Eastern European. The, uh, the, the Belak Lavian was a Bajoran musical instrument, apparently. I think that might be the one in um, season one somewhere, isn't it? it would, yeah. One of the guys plays it in Kirikos and sit talks to him, doesn't he? I think so, yeah. Some poet guy. Um Bajorans typically clap with their right palms and their right on their left wrists, which I always thought was very strange. What bit's that? That just Just there. Ah. Oh. Cause you always saw Kira doing it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right palm on her left wrist. Yeah, it's a bass. I suppose maybe. if you watch an episode it is very weird I always get yeah but you wonder whether um, none of his kind of did it uh, subconsciously after a while maybe I'm trying to think I mean do boy drawings generally just clap that way anyway yeah mm. again it's everything about the drawings was meant to be different from humans so mm. that's another way of subtly putting it in there without like calling attention to it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, let's see. I don't know whether we want to talk about parallel universes or not. Uh, I don't mind. I, I did. I did make a note of it, but I know that's probably not somewhere to focus on as much. But yeah, we can. In we... the mirror universe, Bajorans were a race conquered by the Terran Empire. They were liberated by the Klingon Klingon Alliance and became leading members. Uh, somehow have joined the Ter- uh, Terran Rebellion. Um, what I thought was interesting was the Bajorans of the Mary Universe did not know of the par- prophets and were not spiritual people like their pr- uh, Prime Universe counterparts. And Rondi Moore said that um, the intention was that there were orbs on the other side. They they'd lost or destroyed something. They'd passed into legend for the Majora- uh, Mary Bajorans. So I love that because they have no spirit charity. So it's just kind of they don't have any of that. It's not a thing. Religion isn't part of their culture. Yeah, mm. which is very. If you think of Bajorans, that's part of their remit. Yeah. So not for them not to have it. It's like, huh? Mm. But again, it's a way of differentiating them from their mirror universe counterparts. So, so they're going to be the opposite. So, 
Um, but it, it, it also demonstrates just how much of an impact religion can have on a society versus versus one that maybe doesn't in a way. You know, it's interesting. Um, so we've done that bit. Just tick that off. Because <laughs> there's so much, there's so much here. Yeah, it was a good idea you you suggesting this, side because I thought we would just get lost. Um, we kind of still already are, but yeah, it's what's that? We kind of still already are, but it's yeah. less flustered. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, the surreal thing to this guys is what you can't see. We are only dealing with one, one third of it, yeah. of the pages we could be looking at. Mm. So we're still on the Bajoran pages. Yes. We have like I haven't even looked at the Bajor one, mm -hmm. which is about the same length, and we haven't even got onto Baj occupation of Bajor, which we'll go on later. But mm. yeah. just, which is <laughs> why we're getting flustered because I say this is unprecedented amount of paper it is and words and facts and factoids and but but origins and the original notes i did have um they weren't they were shorter yeah they weren't quite <laughs> there so simon's no and turbo, I, a turbo boost them a bit yes yeah sorry <laughs> Jamie kind of went a bit selective and I kind of went no 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 if we're going to do this properly let's add a few more to it and get them. well I do remember your exact words for it. and and honestly he did he's loved this he'd like he, he did apologise to me afterwards but he just I, I, maybe it was the way he said it but he goes because when he's phone he said these notes he goes they're a bit crap no just a bit crap they're just a bit crap <laughs> I just started laughing. He wasn't expecting that at all. I think it was just the way you said it, but you, you, I know you didn't mean it in the way you did, and you apologised to me later, so we, we were good. But it, 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 and even within that, it's a bit of a Red Dwarf reference, but yeah. Jamie doesn't kind of get. But no, but it's a reference to Back to Earth in regards to Rimmer. Oh, all right. You, oh, you need to watch it at some point. But it's like, yeah, Jamie, just, just a bit crap, like. Like it's not like because going into this we knew it was going to be two or three episodes yeah. and the notes Jamie provided were just kind of we would barely get two out of it let alone um, I think three. I think you know the nub of it was there but we just needed that bit extra and I think as you say to me you either go big or you go home so it's kind of like let's just go all out so yeah so that that's kind so of, mix of the, yeah so the notes are a mix of the two because it's just like. Yeah. I think a lot of the notes you provide, I think, were more the, the shorter ones, wasn't they? More auxiliary, but you need those, because yeah. otherwise you don't want us going, um, oh, in, in that thing, oh, th th that date, whereas we can actually say it, because they're in the notes. Mm. But, yeah, the stuff that you have no idea about behind the scenes that you go, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Oh, well, let's just do this damn symbol, because I think it's interesting. Yeah, we'll go to that. I think that's what I need. Oval shaped Bajoran symbols designed by Nathan Crowley and Doug Drexler. My contribution offered Michael Okuda was that I saw this particular pattern on one of Nathan's set drawings as a floor plan. And I said, that would be a great, that, that would be our Bajoran symbol. And then Doug took that basic thing and refined it. 
The emblem subsequently became a hallmark of drawing design and was represented many times on DS9, such as in architecture of Duran homes and on the Duran com badges. Uh, Hermanzin referred to the symbol as rather egg-shaped and reminiscent of the orbs. One thing we didn't do notes on, but I'm kind of glad we didn't. So. Orbs. Yeah. We could have <laughs> done orbs as well, so just be glad we didn't. Um, here's what I thought of a few days ago. Um, a large version of the Duran symbol was created as a backlight Backlit? I think it's backlight really by Denise Akuda for the Bajoran Temple. Um, when Johnny designed the Reckoning tablet for the Reckoning, the Bajoran symbol provided a basis for it, though Eve's redesigned the tablet as an ancient rep- representation of the, of the normal symbol. Yeah, so said the fact that it. But that, that's how they worked in the production office. You find that sometimes. It's a chicken and egg. The symbol actually defines what the species is going to become. Yeah. You find that for an awful lot of them. Like I think the Zindi's quite like that as well. And there's quite a few ones where they did a bit of reverse engineering where it's kind of... Well, as you're saying, it's also very reminiscent of the orbs. And the orbs, as we know, were kind of... They were the cornerstone of, of what a lot of what a lot of appeared in the ancient Bajoran texts and what a lot of the Bajorans do follow in the prophets. So the symbol itself is, again, it's crucial to their identity. Um, Can I ask you something a bit random which has got totally nothing to do with this particular episode, but I want to talk to you about it today because I think it's interesting, though we should be doing it in like three years' time, but yeah. Okay. So, Emissary, the prophets have no idea about time, right? Uh, correct. Well, surely they do. They should do, because um, one of them became Sarah, Cisco's mum, right? Yes. Well, she was with them for how many years? What two or three years? I imagine so. Yeah. So surely she could turn that information back to the prophets. Uh, yeah, I would guess so. <laughs> yeah. Because I think... So I, why did they not know about it when they've had one out in the real world, on Earth, knowing about the past, the future and the present? Yeah, it's a bit odd. And you've got to think of... Because Cisco effectively... I, I mean... The only thing I would say is maybe that prophet didn't make it back to the Celestial but you Temple. You see her. You see her in... Oh yeah, you do, don't you? So she's there. She's here, there the whole time. Then that's got to be an inconsistency. Then I, I, I just think it doesn't work for the story if you just go, oh yeah, we know this thing already. Yeah. Which is the only reason why. But it's a bit of a weird thing where you go, what? Yeah. Oh yes, what is this thing? We don't understand it. Oh yes, we didn't talk to Sarah. Yeah, we haven't spoken to her. And... Well, the other thing as well because. If she was sent at that time, yeah, because that is that is that it does. So she's been back for about forty years, forty yeah. fifty years. Yet no one's none of them have spoken to her and gone, "Hey, what is like on Earth?" Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because they would surely have had some foreknowledge. I mean, they already knew that Cisco was coming anyway, didn't they? Because again, that's a predestination paradox. So yeah. it's kind of, do you see what I mean? It's yeah. a bit strange, but don't it? But you have to forget that for the Part plot it. otherwise it doesn't work no yeah 
but it's just a bit of a weird thing you go what seriously what that's just, huh? no i never i never thought of it before and now you actually mentioned that's a very good but point. it's not but i think everyone forgets that because you don't meet her until what then Since. six or seven yeah. yeah so for everything that's happened before then you don't connect the dots to but it's a bit of a weird thing yeah. where you just go what that that but if you think about it i i think i am right it doesn't make much sense but it's a service to the plot i think that's the whole thing and i think that's one of the things where you just have to let it go but it's just a really interesting detail that when you think about it where you just go did no did no one have a discussion when she got back and went is our plan going ahead? i think it's just kind of is our plan ahead yes i was going to say because you know he his coming was foretold and again but cisco is crucial well, he's crucial to the, to the safety and well-being of Bajor. So it was a pretty important thing. And the plan's been in motion. I mean, it was, he's, he's, his destiny of becoming the emissary to the prophets was predetermined before birth. So, yeah, it's, it's odd that they, they would just like... Because any knowledge... Uh, I think I've broken Jamie. <laughs> the thing is, when a prophet... When a prophet... Oh when a prophet occupies... Um, a person's body or, or, or a vessel or whatever you want to call it they, do they retain that knowledge that they I gained so, from yeah. being in that person though I know I know that the person's body that they're holding doesn't because I, if I remember correctly it's, they say Sarah left with that explanation but that's because she didn't know what happened she's in this strange but place they're like gods so yeah. they should do so surely they maybe she herself wouldn't but surely they would yeah that is weird Jamie, I've decided you carry on with those notes. I'll go on to Bajor. Otherwise, yeah. we're not going to get anywhere near finishing or dealing with stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm making this as I go along. Did, I mean, there's so many notes here. I mean, we're not going to cover every single thing. Why don't you deal with history stuff? Ancient Bajoran and stuff. And I'll try and add in with some of this. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. And then we can try and get on to occupation. Because that's another... That's a whole other... Can of worms. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the 24th century, the ancient Bajoran civilization stretched back more than half a million years. Um, They were renowned for their accomplishments in science, mathematics, philosophy, and the arts. You'll find that should be on... Yeah. Don't worry. It's fine. After, just um, think it'd be helpful if I as well. Um, the greatest of these early uh, Bajoran civilizations was the First Republic, which flourished between twenty to twenty-five thousand years ago. During this time, magnificent city- cities such as Bahala were built, which is obviously focused on in the season five episode Rapture. Um, the, the great next next great phase of Bajoran civilization began ten, approximately ten thousand years ago, when the first of the Tears of the Prophets was discovered above Bajor. These artefacts ushered in a new era of spiritual connection with the Bajoran god, the Prophets. By the 16th century, the Bajorans had developed sublight space travel and were exploring their home star system with solar cell spacecraft. Um, Some Bajoran explorers even reached the Cardassian system several light years away. As late as the 22nd century, Bajorans followed a strict system of caste known as the Dijaras. Um, This period came to an end with the annexation of Bajor by Cardassia sometime toward 2319. Um, judging by a Karunlan's familiarity with the Kardashians in Ascension, it seems the Bajorans knew about or had contact 
with the Kardashians by at least the 22nd century. This is consistent with the Enterprise episode Observer Effect, which establishes that the Kardashians engaged in interstellar space travel prior to 2154. That was a whole paragraph, by the way. There was a lot of information there, but... Yeah, I mean, very, very interesting. You know, if you look at... So, obviously, this is kind of pre-occupation. Pre and, you know, so they were very much like a lot of kind of other civilizations. So, you know, they flourished in all sorts of different areas. But from that, and obviously, you know, the Tears of the Prophets, that then turned them, then turned them spiritual. But from that, there's nothing mentioned at all about them being, being fighters or soldiers or anything like that. I mean... Do you reckon they would have had some form of military, do you think, at all? No, peaceful. They wouldn't have had any form, no, would they? they would no. just be... They're artists, they're... Yeah. They're thinkers, they're scholars, they're... Mm. I mean, they probably would have had some... I say would they have even had some planetary... It's pretty thing. much... And this will probably end up being a blooper, because I think it's, it's only just occurred to me. It's pretty much the sound of music, which is kind of... Kardashians coming into... Like, the... You know, sound of music, and then you've got Nazis coming into range. That thing, just change it with Kardashians. It's that sort of thing is what I'm getting. Just kind of, la, 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 la. Yeah. And then Kardashians come into play, and it's like, oh, God, we've got to knuckle down and... Yeah, just... Yeah. I, I can't... Why would... Like, why would they... Because there's no mention of previous wars or internal no. wars, so... So I dare say their, their, their defences would have been minimal at best. I mean, they probably would have had some form of defence, but it probably would have been very minimal. Um, I mean, you know, and obviously, I mean, and maybe, I mean, it doesn't say if they had much contact with the outside world, maybe they did, but if they did, they obviously didn't encounter anyone really hostile. So they probably had relatively peaceful... Um, uh, well, again, that's the thing... They will have met the Kardashians. They will have met species. They will have met other species. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, those encounters must have been relatively peaceful. So, so there was no need for them to kind of have what what essentially they kind of developed into. Well, if early history and instead of space travel, you find that it was a very peaceful time. There wasn't many people around doing it. Yeah. And in the sixteenth century, who are you going to come across? Really, who are you going to come across at that point in time? Yeah, particularly in space, yeah. Um, Sublight, so they wouldn't have gone anywhere. And then you've got light ships. So you, they would have met the Kardashians, but I'm not really sure how many other races would have been around there. Hmm. Probably not many, I would imagine. So. But then you're appearing on the Kardashians' radar. So I think there's a certain level of, hmm, they're just around the corner, let's go and... Maybe we should go and invade them at some point. Um, was there anything else you want to talk about in terms of Bajor? Um, I can read off my one. Bajor was the inha inhabited 11th planet of the Bajoran system. The system was located in the Bajor system. In, obviously, after Alpha Quadrant. This was the largest planet in the system and had five new moons, including Derna, Dorado... The planet was the homeworld of Bajorans, a walk capable humanoid species. 
After decades of Kardashian rule, the planet regained its independence became affiliated with the Earth. You know, yeah, United Federation planets, we're going to do what you usually do in 2369. Uh, that's not of interest. Um, the planet was located in the Badlands in the DMZ. Um, Bajor was approximately 5 light years from Kardashian Prime, 25 light years from Starbase 375, and 60 light years from Fringina. According to the technical manual, the exact distance between Kardashian and Bajor was 5.25 light years. So, yeah, this, so there's an awful lot of information scattered in here that. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm going to be honest here, I'm not even sure I even have those notes with me. Bajor, yeah? Yeah. I don't know if I even have those notes. Did you do them? I'm not entirely sure, to be honest with you, now that you mention it. Um, profits. Par race. Well, blimey, for a I don't think I actually did. <laughs> I must have completely missed it. <laughs> Luckily, you got them there. You said, "You, I'll do these. Who do, do that?" I don't think so. I must have missed it. The planet radio was originally invented by Rick Berman and Michael Piller. They conceived of the planet while writing the Intimore episode. <laughs> Luckily, what you can't this see is Jamie coming over and looking over my shoulder because yeah. I must have missed them. I actually, honestly, must have missed them. Whoops. <laughs> In the pre-production stages of DS9, Rick Berman and Michael Piller, who created the series together, worked on the idea of a starbase on the surface of Bajor before deciding to set the series aboard the space station. We wanted to send the show around Bajor, recalled Berman, which was part of the Kardashian Empire. The creative duo even considered building a live, uh, live set Bajoran refugee camp on location, though the cost of leaving the Paramount studio lot was ultimately decided to be pro 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 very expensive. I'm going to say that. Uh, prohibitively high. That word, yeah. Yeah, that's a. You could just said, they could have just put expensive. <laughs> uh, briefly under discussion was the prospect of building a street out in Northern California to represent part of the futuristic colony. Oh, that would have cost an arm and a leg, that would have. It does go on a bit. Um, you don't have to read it all, Si. Um, I think they found it was just too difficult yeah. recording outside. It's better to have it all done in a studio where you've got control. Because oh, you find yeah. that amongst lots of shows where they to go, yes, we'll do it out in the real world. And then the real world fights back and they say, no, we'll, we'll do it on the sound stage. It's nice and comfy here. Yeah, because obviously when you're recording outside, there's so many elements you just don't have control of. Weather, just being one of them. So, yeah, I can completely understand that. But, yeah, just to put this in perspective, there's, I think, around 10 pages for Bajoran and there's about 9 for Bajor. Yeah. I mean, I mean, put it this way, we, we could do a whole episode alone just on this, but... Oh, the, oh, I found this interesting. So, you know why I love the fact they reuse everything? Yeah. The planet model first used for Bajor was later used as... Rekar in Vortex, Yudoran Connolly in Shadowplay, a Herc planet in the Sword of Kalos, and Riser in Let He Who Is Without Sin. So it got reused about four times, like. And Bajor may have a 26 hour day, according to various mentions throughout the series, and at Sushrit.com. 
database of places. This was never fully confirmed in canon, although it does seem to be alluded to in episodes like Fascination, uh, To the Death, After Image, It's Only a Paper Moon, Till Death Does Part. Although Richard Arnold and Chris Childers accepted that Jones had a 26 hour day, the questions whether that this was based on the length of time it takes Bajor to circle its sun, or if the duration was counted in Earth hours. They further commented about the notion of 26 hour days. This was mentioned in one of the first DS9 episodes, and the writers have been fairly consistent about using it. But I haven't explained it here. Well, actually, now you're reading those notes, I think I do actually, I do have the document. I just don't think I, I must have just not printed it off. Because <laughs> what you're reading does sound vaguely familiar, so. Because, I say, we let each other get on with our own notes, just yeah. highlight them to death. I think there's just so many of them, I think they just slipped, slipped by me. So. I printed them out in about two, like, I say, that's how you ended up with another set of duplicate notes for one of them. Yeah. So I printed them off in two days. Yeah. And didn't realise that I printed it, so I shoved the second copy at Jamie. Not yeah. that he needed it, but no. I just like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Um, was repeatedly embellished with a statue which was designed by Ricardo Denigado. I said that name wrong. The statue uh, appeared as part of the Monastery of the Kai in the Hands of the Prophets, as well as Kai Wynn's residence in What You Leave Behind. It's Ricardo Delgado, I think that's how you pronounce it, but you're close enough. Um, is there anything else you found of interest? Not off the top of my head. Should we move on to maybe start talking about the occupation? Because that's a whole other topic in itself. Um, oh my god! Yeah. Should we go on to talk about that? Um, I mean, there is more we can say about the general part of it, but otherwise, well, we'd be here. <laughs> just turn into four parts instead of three. Um, yeah, so what, we, what we'll do now, we'll start talking about, obviously, the occupation is a bit, obviously, on the resistance as well, because you can't talk about one without the other. Um, so, let's put that down right. So, right. Uh, you got your notes? <laughs> I'm going to keep them out, because I do reference them in those as well. Yeah, so, we'll keep them with us. I'm just going to get those other notes down, because they're not... The occupation of Bajor, sometimes correctly referred to as the occupation or the Kardashian War, was the term given to the half century of military control over Bajor by the Kardashian Union. It was one of the most dramatic episodes of Bajoran history. Do you want to carry on, Jeremy? Yeah. Um, Kardashian control over Bajor was asserted from 2319, establishing the Bajoran occupational government. Initially, the Bajoran people offered them little resistance. So, which again would make a lot of sense. As I said, they're very much um, peaceful people, probably quite passive. So, again, at the time, make a lot of sense. Um, however, the Kardashians rapidly pacified the planet and began a coordinated scheme of strip mining, forced labour, slavery, and genocide. The brutality of the Kardashian military drove many in the previously mollified Bajoran populace to form a ferocious resistance. Operating on guerrilla and terror. Terrorist tactics, the resistance constantly harried Cardassian forces. Under constant, under constant attack by, by the Bajoran resistance and unable to subdue them, facing pressure from both internal civilian elements in the Cardassian Central Command and from the Federation, the Cardassians withdrew from Bajor in 2369. What I didn't realise is, as I said to Jamie on the phone one point, I didn't realise that the events around Chain of Command is actually the um, Cardassian withdrawal, isn't it? 
Yes. Which I didn't realise. I think you said to me in a conversation it would have been nice if it was... It's not obvious. Yeah. There's no, I think I said there's, there's not enough dialogue in there to explain it away. Yeah, because you think that there was always... Because you thought it would maybe would have been because obviously you had Ensign Rhodes juiced in season five and that did introduce the idea of, I said, of the Cardassian occupation, didn't it? The effect that it did have, you saw very briefly down that coming off where the planet was. Um, oh, found it. Found that bit of thing. Um, found that paragraph. After 50 years of occupation, the Cardassians withdrew from Bajor in 2369. That cause of the Bajoras largely a matter of opinion. While the Bajorans attributed it to effects of the Bajoran resistance, the Cardassians regarded it as an entirely political decision. Um... So, in regards to that, sorry, I hope you don't mind me interrupting. Um, I always thought it was probably a bit of both. I would imagine political pressure and obviously the Bajoran resistance. Sorry, let me interrupt you. Go on. I think it's got us an arrogance. I think it's a Bajoran. Um, no. yeah. it, they're hardly going to say, oh, yes, it's no. a political decision. Oh, come on, that, that screams cover up to me instantly. Mm. So I think it was them being driven out by um, Bajorans, and maybe the pressure from the Federation, I suppose. No, because there wasn't really much. There was a peace process, and the. You see, the, we were we were discussing this briefly about the Federation. Should they have helped? Or, Should they have intervened? Yeah. You've got the National Prime Directive, but the 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 what I didn't realise, and it wasn't until after I'd spoken to Sam was. The Federation were all at war with the Kardashians in the latter half of the occupation anyway. So... Oh, surely if they teamed up with the Bajorans, surely it would have been mutual, mutual interest, maybe? If, you, if you've got an enemy on two fronts, it's going to be a lot harder for them to deal with, isn't it? But somewhere in here it does say that they considered it a matter of internal affairs. Yeah. Oh, it's, tr- it's tricky. But... I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, God, sorry, you were, you were saying. I forgot where I got. Uh, in the days leading up to the withdrawal, the Cardassians diverted warships away from Bajor in an attempt to annex Minas Kova, um, which obviously appears in the first part of the chain of command. After a round of intense diplomatic negotiations, Captain Jericho dealt the Cardassians' humbling defeat and the Mechanicus C5 Nimbula. Under uh, Jericho's terms, surrender all the ships were forced to eject their. Primary phaser coil effectively rendering their ships defenceless. Regardless of the cause, all sides acknowledge that civilian leaders such as the Tukapa Council made a decision which was opposed by the Kassan military. Other Kardashian leaders were not willing to wait for revenge. I have no idea how you say that name. What's that? Which bit? Uh Hill. Furious about the withdrawal order, his soldiers slaughtered their Bajoran subordinates. His intention was to kill every last Bajoran. Um, uh, at Um And while his actions were exec- exception rather than the rule, pardon me, many Kardashian officers shared his sentiments. Yeah, I mean, the effect, just trying to. Trying to find where that is, those notes are we? Oh, I know there we are here somewhere, but uh, towards the end, Jamie. Towards the end, I can't get in there. Um, For me, it says five of nine. If that's any help. Um, 
thing is with me, I've got pictures I can go by, so it helps. Jamie has, and he's got just loads of Word documents. <laughs> Page numbers. Yeah, maybe maybe pictures would actually help me. But it's a pain getting them onto a flipping Word document. Because obviously I don't have a printer. I need to get a printer for my room. So, uh, heck is that? Uh, oh. I don't even know where that is. <laughs> uh, oh, you're almost there. Because I'm seeing aftermath, and aftermath says aftermath there. So, so oh, well, it's here, it's here. That's it, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Um, should we talk a bit about, well, should we talk about the effects of the, well, <laughs> the different effects the occupation had on Bajor? Yes, because there's a bit where you go, okay, um, that's scary. <sighs> so, obviously, you know, um, you know, it had a big impact on the Bajorans in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously during that time, again, I know we won't go too deep into this because it's the religious side of things, and we'll talk about that in that episode. But again, it's due to the occupation, so you kind of, again, it all, it's, it all interrelates. But during that time, obviously, they weren't allowed to... Um, Preach. Yep, they weren't allowed to pray to the prophets. That was... Um, and the thing is, some of the Bajoran people thought their prophets had abandoned them. But it... It wasn't that. Yeah, like, I think this is what I explained to you, isn't it? Yeah, you were saying that. Well, Kai Pucker and um, Win, they couldn't because obviously they were they were. One was in hiding. I think it was Kai Pucker. Yeah. And I think. I think Win was allowed. Yeah, wasn't allowed to. Yeah. And I, I sort of said to Jamie, it's like, well, because again, we are getting ahead of ourselves. And one of the what if questions that I came up with was, why did the prophets or the parades not intervene during the Kalashin War and I sort of said well because it's somewhere in these notes somewhere, I think it's in the well, you've got to think. notes there is oh let's bring the damn thing up. if we're going to talk about that briefly we need to talk we need to discuss that well the thing is obviously uh, the 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 central the centralized um part I say centralized it's the the, fo- the focal point of the religious religious authority or just religion generally in Bajoran society was the Kai. Uh, the Kai was very influential and also politically, but that's the whole other thing. But so if the Kai's not around when Bajoran people can would need to go to him or her, yeah, because effectively the prophets speak. I think I think they believe it speaks through the, the emissary and the Kai, isn't it? Well, if the Kai's not around, then th- that's going to be the... I found the paragraph that I wanted. Go on. Will you finish your sentence, Jerry? If the Kai's not around, then of the Bajoran people are going to feel like the prophets have abandoned them. Um, a basis for much of what viewers later could uh, came to understand of the Bajoran political religious system was established in, um, in the hands of prophet. Writer Robert... Who Wolf suspected that some of the that involved from him having a Catholic upbringing. Reason it's 15th and 16th century Catholicism, and the Pope held much more of the political office than now. When, uh, when the Medici's and the Borgians and the uh, French kings and other powerful families in southern Europe was fighting to get their guy to the Pope. I seem about offered we're dealing with the fact that Bajor is a culture where basically vote for their pope and sleep with their priests. I think it's fascinating. So it's got a very Kardashian, um, 
Catholic feel to it. So, so with no priests around, you're not going to have a way of praying to God or the prophets in this case. So they're not going to be around. You're going to so. So they would feel that they the, the, the prophets abandoned, and that's why some of them did turn to worship in the Pyrrhus cult. And I think that it kind of, in that sort of way, they kind of turn their backs on religion. If you think about it, they turn much more into their mirror universe counterparts. Yes. Yeah. Without their faith yeah. there. Yeah. To guide them, they 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 just they they because I think. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, and please tell me if I'm maybe wrong in, if I'm incorrect in saying this, but didn't probably some Bajorans believe that they wouldn't need to fight, that they, the prophets would, would cast down the Cardassians in some way? And then when they saw they didn't, then they took the matter into their own hands. I thought, well, yeah, look, I think that's a fair assumption. Yeah. I think that, if you, you know, first 10 years, I can imagine they did nothing. I think it actually says in the first 10 years, I think they'd let the Kardashians just come to the planet and I, I, there wasn't really... They thought, oh, well, they'll be off and yeah. they'll be going next year. It's a bit like the World War One thing. Oh, don't worry, we'll be home by Christmas. It's yeah. that whole yeah. massacre. But as time went on and obviously as, as, they became, as the Kardashians became more and more brutal, you know, and then, you know... So I know the religious aspects, I know obviously that's the whole episode, but... It is it it is an effect of the occupation, and we can't just skim over it. Um, obviously, another thing, obviously, was as you said, it turned them into fighters and soldiers, um, and they would never attack the Cardassians, Cardassians, Cardassians um, directly. Because obviously, it says here the the Cardassians were techno- technologically almost a century ahead of them. Um, so they had to use indirect means and wear them down strategically, which is probably said part of the reason why it took so long, because they couldn't attack them head on. And obviously the Bajorans, well, they were on their own basically. Um, they didn't get really much any or any outside help. Part I think I think it says in that side, partly because people either just didn't know about them or just you know. Um, or just didn't uh, didn't care, which is horrible to say. But um, and you know, I think you've got to think of the Cardassians, Cardassians as well, in terms of they were very much known throughout the quadrant as kind of being very militaristic, and um, they even got Kim to fight. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. You talk about Harry Kim. Think about the name. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and obviously, you know, then the Kardashian... Just Kim Kardashian, for those that didn't get yeah. it. Yeah. Kim Kardashian. So they, they got her involved as well, and she started fighting back. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Yeah, so, <laughs> obviously, the, Ka- the Kardashians had <laughs> a... Because I keep saying Kardashians... Keep, I've noticed that a few times. I think I did it when we actually did our flipping Cardassian episode. So I'm trying to pronounce it better. Um, the Cardassians were known as, obviously, they had a bit of a reputation, didn't they? So if you've got a bit of a reputation, then people, other people are just going to go, well, nothing to do with us, you know. 
we shouldn't help or intervene. I think I also made the th- the comment when we spoke about this before, because they used to say, Kolesim uh, came increasingly hostile as time went on, maintaining a military presence on the planet for 10 years before forcefully annexing, annexing it in 2328. Now, I sort of said to Jamie, this is pretty much what Russia did to uh, Ukraine. It's that whole thing, and we haven't really done anything about that. The the interesting thing about the Bajorans as a people, and this is still on topic, it's more in the general section of notes, but it's still relevant. They, to not be tied down by any sort of political ideology, the writers, the episodes and the events that they did about the Bajorans, whether it was politically or religiously, they represent, at different times, different um, groups. So I think they've been likened to, I think, something about the Mexicans and the Mexican Revolution. Obviously, the most uh, probably more well-known example would be the Cardassians are Nazi Germany, um, that kind of thing. And the Bajorans would be the Jews, for example. So there's there's different aspects that they represent at any certain times, which which I think is very interesting. My comparison that I put the whole way through my notes... Is it's the occupation is an allegory for the Vietnam War, um, with the Bajorans being in the Viet Cong versus USA. Yeah, yeah again, their tactics. I think that works quite well. Yeah, absolutely. I would completely agree with you there. Um, now, obviously, some of the effects. Obviously, you found afterwards with the Bajorans that they also um, a lot of them went on to because they formed the Bajoran militia uh, as well. So some of them did stay in that kind of security kind of. The, the, the techniques and skills they had learnt to fight against the Cardassians. Um, you'd find also, and also it did actually, again, we won't go too deeply into this because it's, again, it's another episode, but it also, the occupation also affected the government as well and how that was stru- restructured afterwards. Um, oh, I felt like we need to talk about this on this episode Jerry. yeah I think we do I know we'll talk about the government in more detail but because I think they changed it because originally it was the occupational government then they changed it to the provisional government um, and obviously because Bajor- because the Bajorans were in such a um, and actually I'm remembering this without actually even reading my notes going from my notes which I'm which is, which is nice from what I can remember obviously they they requested um, assistance from the Federation um, because obviously the Bajor was in such a precarious position and you've got to think particularly with the opening of the wormhole as I think the Bajorans have been thrust onto the interstellar stage so that's even more pressure on them where they're just coming out of a massive war massive being occupied for 50 years you know so as I said, in a very, very precarious position. I mean, you know, it's probably something akin to... Would you agree? Probably something akin to when humanity was kind of going through the Third World War and the eugenics wars and they were coming out of a very dark period and their position was very precarious, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um... Sorry, was there, something you, was there anything in particular you wanted to talk about? I, I realise I'm, I'm talking a lot here and rambling, so... <laughs> Because there was a collaborative government at the time of the occupation. Mm. I think I'm trying to find those notes, but they yeah. had um, 
No, it's not there. I think I, I think I is. think they, 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 they the the Cardassians put them in charge uh, a Bajoran occupation government that was sign off on orders for slave labour for the Bajorans. And I think I found it. You found it, yeah. Do you want to read it? You want to read it? Right, okay, that's fine. Um, it's in that bit, I think. Uh, um. Further, the Cardassians strip mine the planet using Bajoran slave labour to perform the task. Secretary Cubus Oak and other officials of the occupation government routinely approved work orders forcing Bajorans to mine ore among other tasks. Such acts of cowardice gave way to a new term for those who participated with the Cardassians or used the occupation as a source of profit. Collaborators. Yeah, so you've got Obviously, you've got, um, uh, you know, the form of a government, obviously, that was then changed afterwards, as as, as I've briefly mentioned. But then you get to another interesting side effect um, from that with what the Bajor... Because, obviously, the way the Cardassians dispensed justice during the occupation was very much randomly executing Bajoran prisoners um, and if there was like an invest in terms of an investigation I mean there would be little to no evidence I think I think they would put Bajorans up in like a military in part of a, a, a Cardassian military tribunal but there was very little evidence and they were just I mean a lot were executed but what's what's interesting and I think kind of it's quite sinister was do you want, and I think it's, I think this would be a great way for you to kind of say because I think you you brought up this side you brought this up son I think it's interesting of the Bajorans adopted a similar way of pun- oh, the whole total government stalemate that the, we can't we spoke about at length with the Galatian episode didn't we we spoke yeah. at length about the government stalemate which I think I've, I've termed it this time around but that's what I was talking about. Hmm. Where you've got Go so many groups going around that they kind of one agrees, then the one doesn't agree, and nothing happens, nothing changes with it. So they just mumble on, just not anything changing. Because you've got the council of ministers, you've oh, got so many of the damn things. Yeah, but that's what the Colossians did. You got yeah. them, you got them, you got them. Oh look, nothing's. And again, that's what. And that's why they didn't change their starships because no one could decide anything. So we'll just carry on with what we've got. So and you, it's the same with the with the Bajorans. So you reckon that happened afterwards because of the way the Cardassians? How they ran things, yeah. yeah. So yeah. they then had it mm. and just thought, well, it worked for them, and I kind of. It works for the Galassians. Why don't we do that? Because we've got no idea what we're going, how we're going to rebuild ourselves. You, yeah, exactly. Because you've got to think the way they used to. I mean, like the Dajara caste system, and that was abolished, and and the Bajorans afterwards. That, apart from Ascension, where it was briefly brought back, that was it. Um, but you've got to think they would have forgot the Bajorans. You know, you've been, you've been, you've been. The planet's been occupied for so long. You for, you know, the old ways of doing things would have been forgotten. Or they just would seem so unfamiliar. You're gonna go for you're gonna sorry you're gonna go for something that's that's been established, even if it's from their aggressors. 
this this looks like this way, so let's let's just. In a way, it was kind of like a stopgap measure, wasn't it? Well, you kind of said it to me on the phone, and I kind of agree, but kind of don't. It's kind of Stockholm syndrome. It's that kind of thing, but kind of not. Yeah, in a way, it is in a way. Yeah, in a way, it is in a way. It's not. Yeah. But what Jamie was alluding at before, the darkest part of it. I'll let you explain this. As Bajor was in Sambles after the creation of Bajor and did not recover for many years, one of the first steps was the formation of Bajoran provisional government, which was unstable at best. Um, I'm read that. A list of the most egregious Kardashian war criminals was assemb- assembled and the individuals on the list were condemned to death. Although in practice most were not apprehended. Additionally, a list of collaborators was issued in the, the Levine... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of whom were sentenced to exile. Those collaborators escaped attention to the rest of their lives trying to ensure that, that their misdeed remained a secret. But, yeah, condemned to death. Like, seriously? Like, and when like you, really? And when you think of it like that, that's simply. I can't imagine the Padrons doing that before occupation. No. Like, capital f- punishment, for God's sake, like. Yeah. And you could. Yeah, because they were. I said beforehand. I mean, I'm sure before they were occupied. I'm sure the Bajorans probably had some sort of system of imprisonment. justice in place. Imprisonment, probably imprisonment. Probably, yeah. But it wouldn't like have... not even in the real world. We didn't even go that far. And as the notes say, it doesn't even say about that they got a trial. They were just condemned automatically. And the other thing as well, during the occupation, some of the Bajoran resistance were not choosy about their targets. They would also target innocent Cardassian civilians in their minds. They were just as guilty as the military. Whether whether anyone agrees, whether 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 they're justified, I'm not even going to go down that road. But they adopt very similar a very similar way of way of dispensing justice, condemning them. We said probably maybe they did do them a trial. I don't know. It doesn't say the notes are a bit vague, but condemning them to death suggests that. They, they probably didn't. In their minds, they were guilty, so that was it. I mean, it's very, um, oh, what do you call it? Um, martial law. It's very martial yeah. law. It's like very quick decisions, not kind of going yeah. how this is going to come across. And it's just very, very dark and just kind of mm. not very Bajoran. No, it isn't, and and it, it does make me feel very sorry for them that they did that they did this did have an effect on them, and maybe it was also. I mean, maybe one of the other reasons was that because the provisional government it was so unstable, and they and it's everything seemed to such a state of flux. They would... I think it would have been a um, backlash. So they had to do yeah. the strongest thing they thought to try and appease the public. Yeah, yeah, it was a way of yeah. Again, exactly. They had to be seen to be doing something, even if you know, because said uh, the Bajor was in complete shambles. But at that morally. Time. I just read that and just went, yeah. What? Yeah, definitely. Like, really? Mm. I had exactly the same. Because I kind of warned you about it, but I think even still, it came as a bit of a shock. Just yeah, like, I was like, so that's what I was like, blimey, that's what Simon meant, Christ. Yeah, but yeah, it, as you say, you watch through the, you watch through. Um, you watch through DS Nine, and you you know you can you can you can tell the effect that it has on them, but not until you read through these notes, or you, it's all compartmentalized. It affects them on a very big level, and not in, for the, not in a good way. Um, yeah, I said it did toughen them up, 
as a species. They learnt to fight and to be independent. Um, but then again, that also led to problems, obviously, with the circle in season two. Or, so even then. Um, but as I think you said to me, in a way, they lost a part of themselves. I don't think they've ever really gotten back. I think they're safe. No, say I think they lost their innocence. Yeah. Um, and whether whether that's a, a good thing or a bad thing or a combination of two, but you know, um, and I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Do you think they were as religious after that? Do you think more so? You think they were? With Fifty they? years without it, you're gonna yeah. really so you know. Um, and then when you've got Kyropaka, mm. can't you think of a better leader? Mm. And then, and then after that, you lose after eight months of freedom. Yeah. yeah. And then you have <laughs> stupid, crazy elections <laughs> with that, and then yeah. you end up with Kyle Wynn. But they do say somewhere in the notes that, you know, you don't really hear about it, but she was popular. She was respected and she was popular. Despite, even despite what happened with Shakar, she was still popular, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, you would have... a a bounce back for religion and all the religious sentiment, I think. Yeah, agreed, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot to unpick, it really is. I mean... I feel like I've only touched the surface with this yeah. lot because there's so much we haven't yeah. discussed and I hoped we would. It kind of makes you want to do another one, but we're yeah. at three, but... It is, yeah. I mean, like I said, we 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 could, with the general bizarre notes, we could have done one episode on that alone. So, but <laughs> maybe if we can find room for an extra, maybe we might. <laughs> Not hear my stomach rumbling. <laughs> maybe we might be able to fit in another extra one because we're getting a spirit of more extra ones because there's so much in this, these notes alone. Yeah, these these are the biggest notes, but we haven't touched them. We've only ticked off. A few bits and pieces here and there, haven't we? Yeah. I think um, my voice is going, I feel like. Yeah, so... It's just so much. The paragraphs, there are paragraphs that we haven't touched on. We've kind of paraphrased them. Mm. But we haven't even... But like, yeah, we well, need to talk about uh, at any, yeah. any point, or... Yeah. Or Garak. Well, well Garak isn't as much in first or, or... Yeah. So who knows? I think we may have to look at our schedule and see if we can find. Well, maybe maybe we, maybe we could just call a full part, just like missed bits or something like that. I don't know, but we'll discuss it because we yeah. knew it's going to be a long one. But it's just not this long. Yeah, we, we yeah. Just... It's it's a lot. Um, but yeah, honestly, guys, I mean, you can have a look yourself. There's a there's a there's a there's a ton here. Um, We've only just scratched service, but I think as Simon said, you know, it's there's only so much we could talk about <laughs> before you start losing your voice. Um, no, no, that's how I've begun begin thinking how I can find a way of slipping in something more without. Mm. I want to try and keep it those three main issues, but mm. maybe try and put in a. I don't know, maybe it might be worth us putting in a Bajura, boldly, bore, boldly blessed Bajuran supplemental episode maybe between mm. now so maybe next year you might end up with two yeah maybe i think we might i've already got one down but i might see if i can try and because there's a lot to talk about 
with the rest of Because we could quite easily revisit all, probably all three of them, but getting a new additional thing, because we've touched on quite a bit in this one, because hmm. I'm looking at the clock and we're at one hour fifteen. Yeah. We could probably do another hour fifteen, hour and a half. Looking back at what we've already looked at, and then the other notes are not as bad. So I have to have a look. I'm mm. still figuring out next year's schedule and mm. poking it and changing it. And oh, we, well, we said we 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 both know. I think our, our listeners know that you guys. Sorry, you guys know that it is subject to change. It does it does happen sometimes, which is not a problem. So. Um, it's just how can I do it where it won't cause too much problems where it would make sense mm. which is a bit troublesome because we've all got it so far because we've got holidays to sort out as well and trying mm. to work out where that's going to end up and how that's going to affect recordings and yeah, so if I want to end another one of these mm. how's that going to work but it's a nice challenge, I suppose, but I mean, you could something always add I it. didn't plan for. You could always add it as an extra episode in my half next year. I don't mind. It's a long wait, though. That would be but, long after we've done the second half of this. Yeah, but we'll have to, we'll have to see. But we hope you enjoyed listening, guys. Um, I said there's a lot to pick at here. Um, oh, pardon me. God. I <laughs> Stomach's rumbling, now I'm burping. <laughs> um, but, yeah, was there anything else you wanted to say? No, I, I don't know. I just don't... In some ways, don't feel like we've done enough, but in some ways, I do, because mm. there's an awful lot here, and if we were to look at everything, it would probably be as long as a Season review. Season yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like we have done what we discussed on the phone kind of thing, and that's mm. kind of the most important thing, but I do feel like we could get another one out of this. I think we could. I think we could easily split this into four I'd rather do it on this lot than I think the other two should go an awful lot simpler. Yeah. There's not as much on that. I Um, think. But we've got, I think, collectively between these three bits, we've got 25 old pages, something nuts like that. Yeah. Nine, about nine, and another 12. Hmm. That's, that's 35 now, so yeah, something like that. So, um, yeah, it's we'll see, we'll but see. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a long day, and you don't know this, but you will. We're doing this one, and we're doing the next one in a day, so it's a heavy day for us today. And we, I say, we look forward to Bajorans. Oh, definitely, it's just. A big undertaking. Mm. One of the biggest we've done in a long old while. Definitely. I think, and yeah, I know I kind of added to it, but it was necessary. <laughs> it really say, was necessary. Go in, go all in or go home is. We're only going to do this once, and I mm. think for the sake of a few pages, mm. and the ones that I added were really minimal. Oh, they, they were, were minimal. Like, they were. They were like between one and three pages yeah. at most, like yeah. hardly anything for the most part. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know, but it's just, yeah, really interesting read. I'm not sure I'd suggest people doing it, but... Maybe maybe not like the extensive way we've kind of had to do for our research for this episode. But have a look, guys. There is some very interesting tidbits in there, um, you know, 
And I think, I think we've but done... we shall see. We yeah. shall see if I can try and... We've done reasonably well, I think, considering. I think we've actually done reasonably see well. See if we can try and add to it somehow, because I think the drawings you kind of have to do properly, and us grazing the tip of iceberg yeah. is a bit sad, really. Mm-hmm. So I want to try and... Let's see if we can try and... Get more information because I reckon the next time we do it, we'll come up with something completely different, mm. completely different conclusion. But at the heart of it, it's very scary what they became mm. after occupation. Mm. It really is, it's mm. kind of in the whole chaos, but yeah, just crazy. I don't know, just muttering. Um, yeah, we'll be back soon and we'll be back with a listener's choice, yes. As well, um. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. Bye, bye.